Hey there, everybody. Welcome to our first ever live MVP business showcase, where we showcase leaders who live through their mission, vision, and passion to drive their profits growth and loyalty. I'm Steph Silver, the host of MVP Business. I'm also the founder of Vine Collective, a leadership, branding, and marketing agency. Today, we're having a conversation with Bill Small. This is your, is this your first Lunch and Learn? Uh, this is. I, I'm kicking off the live Lunch and Learns uh, today, right now, right here. Awesome. So for those of you who do you know Bill Small, you know he's amazing. For those of you who don't, he's a soulful and thoughtful artist, father, husband, and transformational coach, providing inspired solutions for business and life. Bill is my coach, and like I said earlier, I feel like I would have either quit or exploded by now. <laughs> Maybe both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, so I'm so happy to share him and have him share this uh, interview as his first Lunch and Learn. This is awesome. Thanks for being here, Bill. Thanks for having me. So let's um, tell me a little bit about your history. How did this Jersey boy make his way to Austin, Texas? Well, um, so yeah, I'm from New Jersey and I kind of grew up all over and worked in New York for quite a while and then... Uh, music brought me to Austin, like every other musician in Austin. That's why we came here uh, about 30 years ago. And then somewhere in my first decade, uh, I got trained as a coach. But I didn't know that was a thing you could do <laughs> as a job. You know, I had no idea. Yeah. And then in 2008... Uh, I, I had just come off a really uh, tough and not particularly lucrative year uh, of traveling and playing music, and I was tired. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine who's a filmmaker and also a coach said that he, he'd gotten a job coaching people. And I said, wait a minute, you're getting paid to coach <laughs> people? Yeah. He said, yeah. And it turns out that that was not too long after that movie, The Secret, came out. Oh, yeah. And some of the authors that were featured in that movie had coaching programs. And the company that was providing the coaches was in Austin. And I knew most of the people who were working there. Uh, so I got hired as, as a coach for some of those programs. But, of course, that was 2008. So by mid-2009, nobody was paying big money for coaching programs anymore. Mm -hmm. But I had kind of found uh, my groove with it. Um, I coached a ton of people in a short period of time and really loved it. And I I just kept going. Um, So uh, now I do both of those things, play music, coach people, and uh, yeah. So you you didn't talk about this, but... um just because I know you, you went from theater to music to coaching and all of the, you know, music is still very much a part of your life or what, you know, it is in your home now, (laughs) not as much out and about at home with COVID. But um, what have been some of the most notable obstacles that you've overcome in that, in in your, in that journey or your life's journey that you would want to share? Well, look, uh, turning music into a business, even thinking of it as a business is incredibly difficult. Yeah. And it's not something that they teach very well when you go to music school. I think they're getting better at it than they used to. Um, But it's still very difficult. And the music business as a business is in some ways kind of awful. And there's no real roadmap to it. When I was growing up, there was really only one way that that worked. You had to get a record deal. Um, And as I got older, those opportunities got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, all these other opportunities to kind of make your own way, have your own career, create a sustainable business around being a musician, uh, all of that became easier and maybe not easier, but more accessible. Uh, there were more tools, became more common. 
people weren't just looking to the radio to find music. Um, so it's all changed a whole lot. And that's been both an obstacle uh, and a boom. Uh, so obstacle, hardest thing is um, functioning as a business and being a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's still really difficult, and I don't recommend it to a lot of people. Uh, I really don't. Uh, you, you have to be able to do both if you want to make money at it. Right. Um, and and it's, it's not easy. So, yeah, you've really structured your life around your passions um, and you've been successful with it. And, and a lot of, you know, you've known and seen a lot of people who haven't. Um, but you dedicated a lot of your time or all of your time to either living your passion other than, you know, your family and friends, of course, but living your passion or helping others do the same. You know, your coaching business is, is with really passion driven uh, people, artists and, um, you know, creatives in different ways. What other advice do you have or thoughts for keeping the passion alive and moving through those struggles and keeping kind of that, that business structure? I can only say what comes up for me, and I think everybody can be a little bit different, but you can't be afraid to do more than one thing. Mm -hmm. I spent a long time thinking that if, you, if I was going to be a successful artist, then that's the only thing that I could do. Yeah. You know, I was supposed to focus every single bit and be very singular in what I was doing, and that that's how you be successful. And maybe that works for some people, but that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And I find that not only does that not work for me, it makes me not want to do it anymore. Right. So if I, you know, if I only focus on being a solo artist, like I write songs and I sing them and I go out, then I don't want to do that anymore. I get bored. If I am in somebody else's band, uh, that's great, but I still have to do my own thing or else I get bored and I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for years I ran venues, I had a recording studio, and I had to find the things in there that were fun for me mm -hmm. and not do the other things. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's hard, I think, for people because we get a lot of messages about what you're supposed to do to be successful. And then you have to focus on this or focus on that or only do this or don't forget to do that. Or we're looking at the story of someone else who, who we want to emulate or do what they did, but I can't do what they did. That's right. not me. And it took me a really long time to be okay with that. It's okay for me to do more than one thing. Mm -hmm. And the minute I took that on, it all got easier and everything got better. My business got better in all of the areas that I took on because I'm not just stuck with that one thing. Mm -hmm. that I think sense? It does. I think in addition to that, you're not looking to that one thing to fulfill all your, your needs. Exactly. Um, it's like not to mention one. that, that not having that having more than one income stream <laughs> is super helpful when you're That's running a business. Mm -hmm. You know, if I, if all, if I was a product person, and I created products. It, would it be smart for me to only have one product? No, that would be ridiculous. I would not only need to have more than one product, but I might want to find different income streams for that for each one of those products, right? So I have to look at everything I do the same way. The more income streams that I can have doing things that I love to do and that light me up and that hopefully make some kind of a difference in the world. The more of those things I can find, the stronger the health of my overall business will be. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's financial income streams, that's happiness, that's passion, that's all these, the more streams that you have coming in, the more filled and fulfilled you're going to be. And if anything falls out, whether it's income or you know your, your passion or desire, your fun, there's all these other bits to rely on. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I don't know that everybody's like that. I'm, you know, I think there are people that are really good at being singular in their focus about things. 
great, do that. You know, I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah, well, and you know, we're sitting here in COVID, um, like you can't tell, but I'm in my bedroom. <laughs> we're all kind of trying to figure out new things. Um, and a lot of a lot of folks who had a very successful singular focus had to change their focus. And so that they're having to develop a new skill anyway. And if you're in that practice of developing new skill sets or looking at other options, it's easier to do that when you have to. When you the, don't. the ability to be flexible is pretty important. And it was important before this, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, that importance has had a light shined on it big time. Mm -hmm. Is it being flexible, no matter what you're doing, whether you're a huge business, whether you are a part of a big business where you're a manager or running a department, whether you have your own business and no matter how big or small it may be, the ability to be flexible, to pivot, to change, to be creative is more important than ever. Absolutely. And continue being willing to continually do that and not say, I've changed. It's not right. working. <laughs> it kind of never ends. You have to keep doing it all the time. Absolutely. So I have the privilege of knowing you as a friend um, and as my coach. And so I've benefited from your unique perspective on the world. And you're sharing a little bit of that with us. But tell us about your approach to coaching and how mm -hmm. you um, how you approach each new client and each new day. Because I, I find that really interesting that you have a cadence to begin with and then you let it flow. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. So you probably already know, I know you know, because we've done it, is that there's two different things that I talk about with clients. Um, I primarily work with people in and around their businesses because I'm super interested in what people are doing. And I think small business, whether that's a solopreneur or someone with a small team, I think they're highly underserved when it comes to help. Mm -hmm. And as a business owner, I wish that there had been somebody who could say to me, hey, listen, I'll partner with you. I'll help you think through things. I can see the 30,000 foot view when you can't see it. You know, I've been through this. I'll help you through it. That would have been awesome. I didn't have that for a really long time. I have it now, but I didn't have it for a long time. Uh, and I don't think it's something that people who own their own businesses get very often. So that's the first thing that I always try to provide and how I try to position my role with people. And where I start is that there's only one thing that ever gets in the way, that ever keeps us from being successful, whatever successful means to you. And that's us. I am the only thing that's ever gotten in my way, but it's near impossible for me to see how I get in my way. And before I can talk to anybody about the nuts and bolts of their day-to-day -day business activities, the first thing we have to do is get out of the way, is actually become aware of how do you as a human being get in your own way? Because that shows up everywhere. It shows up in your business, it shows up in your personal life. I don't really consider there's a whole lot of difference between business and personal because you are the person who's showing up in your business every day. So you're the person who's getting in the way of your business every day. And it's not that tough to fix. It's just that you have to be able to see it and have a language for it and have some tools to be able to start to deal with it. That also never stops. Mm -hmm. You don't go, oh, look, I'm out of the way. I'll always be out of the way. And I'm, no, because you're always human, so you'll always be in the way. Yeah. Um, but you can get a whole lot better at stepping out of the way or seeing how it shows up. You can get a lot more space, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the first thing with every client. That's the first place we start is how are you getting in the way and what do we do to get you out of the way? Um, and then we can actually take a look at your business. I ask almost everybody, and I asked you a long time ago, where do you see your business in five years? I've never had a single client that could answer that question when I asked. 
they all went, uh, I don't know, I'd like to make more money or, you know, whatever the answer was. Nobody can answer that. Uh, you kind of have to be able to answer that. Mm -hmm. How will you know when you get there if you don't know where you're going? How will you make decisions that make sense for your business if you don't know where you want your business to go? It's like getting in the car and just driving and hoping you end up somewhere you like. Uh, right. You know? And that's, that's, I think, one of the challenges of um, creatives in general, uh, whatever kind of artist or creative you are, sure. you find your way, like meandering through living your passion, following your heart, and um, don't necessarily take the time to create a plan, look at the plan, look at the numbers, know the numbers, you know, and that's where having a business coach or, or a partner that is not, it is the spreadsheet and, right. and numbers person to you know bring that back to the the conversation at that balance and like you said you know creating your your art as a business it is a business if you want to be successful right and being able to say where do you want that to end up in five years where do you want to be and that changes right i have a client who when i first started with that person we've been working together for 10 years mm. and those first five years were about his business growing, right? These last five years have all been about how do I get out? What's the exit plan? I don't want to do this forever, mm -hmm. right? Um, and those things, those are very, very different conversations and they take different actions. You don't want to have in the back of your head, I hope I can get out of here someday, but have all your actions lining up with growing your business. Because yeah. you may grow in a way that, makes it impossible for you to leave it's too centered around you yeah so you want to be able to to grow in the right way mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the second place i go with every client where are you now where do you want to go mm -hmm. then we can actually work on how do you get there what is there to do well, and I think part of um, what I was really surprised about, I've never had a business coach before, uh, but I don't have a business partner. So I think my thought was, I need to have someone that I can be honest with and have these conversations on a regular basis, question what I'm doing. I thought, hold me accountable to what I say I'm going to get done. Um, and, and all that, it was nice and good. But one of the first things you had me do was, who do you want to be? How do you want to be? Uh, not just what do, is your business going to be like in five years, but what do you want to, what you want your life to look like in five years? Uh, and I think not, not very many people question that, you know, they, they have these little itty bitty or, or maybe big, like, I want to travel or, you know, these things, but not as a whole, this is what I want my life to be like. So that, that's a really interesting exercise to do. And in my case, redo when my concept <laughs> of myself changed. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and look, we're, we're taught in our culture that work comes before everything. You know, and especially if you have your own business that you have to work hard and you have to sacrifice what you want in your life. And you, at least until you get to a certain point of mm -hmm. success or whatever that is. And I call major, you know, bollocks on that. <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. No way. Um, this is going to sound terrible, but in, in a way, I don't believe in working hard. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to work. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, sit on the couch and meditate and float in the air and things are just going to show up. That's not they what eat I bonbons all day. Right, eat bonbons, whatever that is. <laughs> They're little ice cream things that are covered in chocolate, I found. <laughs> um, but... People think, I, I really think that a lot of people are trained to believe that there's a certain amount of suffering that comes with work, that it has to feel hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think it has to feel hard. I think when you're doing something that you actually enjoy doing, for the most part, when you're doing something that has a purpose, when you can tie it to where you want to get to, to mm -hmm. a vision that you have 
for your life and your business and maybe making some kind of a difference, whatever it is for you, when you can tie it to something, then it doesn't have to feel hard. Mm -hmm. Now, absolutely. So one of the questions that I have for you is you have um, brought into to my world and I'm, I'm sure other um, clients of yours, uh, several tools. Mm. Tell me a little bit about those tools and why you think they're important. Well, all of those tools could be related to uh, mindset or behavior change. Uh, I kind of like to talk about it in terms of behavior change because how we get in our way has everything to do with behavior, right? And I don't uh, mean throwing temp temper tantrums like a kid's behavior, right, can be. But we all have behaviors. We have ways of viewing things, uh, ways of doing things, and then we have the results that we get from that. Mm -hmm. And there are tools. Um, one of my favorite ones being meditation. It's the first thing that I end up talking to anybody about that are really helpful when it comes to behavior change because our behaviors are driven by our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And most of us are not particularly responsible for our thoughts. And our brains can't always be trusted to provide us with the best uh, ammunition for our behaviors. You know, our brains can run amok. You can get lost in all kinds of, of negative, self-defeating uh, stuff going on up there. Being able to get a little control over what's happening with your brain mm -hmm. uh, will completely shift your ability to change your behaviors. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So one of the things you said is we're not necessarily responsible. Most of us are not responsible for our own thoughts. Talk to me a little bit more about that concept. Yeah. So most of us, most, I don't want to say most of us, but a lot of people don't look to themselves as the responsible party for the results they're getting in life. A lot of people will say, oh, well, it's the economy or it's the pandemic or right now, or it's politics or it's my ex or it's these terrible employees I have or it's the weather or it's, you know, the bad timing or whatever it is. We all want to look outside of ourselves when it comes to the results that we're getting, both good and bad sometimes, you know, that are good results. Well, that's just luck. I got lucky, right? So actually taking responsibility for all the results you're producing in your life and your business, even if that's not true, it doesn't matter. It puts you in the driver's seat. It means you get the choice. You get to change your actions. You get to change what you're doing to change your results. You're not a victim of something else that's happening outside of you. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with what's going on in your brain. You can either let your thoughts run you or you can run them. One of the concepts that you also brought into my world is the um, all of the voices that you take on over your lifetime and you think that they're your own. Like, um, you know, you're not good enough, you're stupid, you're what, you know, you, you're not smart enough, um, whatever sure. those voices are, and you think that it's yourself, um, but you have, you know, you provide that concept of, first of all, you don't have to keep saying it. Secondly, it's probably, it doesn't necessarily come from you. Third, there are tools to shift those like inline thoughts as well. Well, you are not your mind. Yeah. That's, that's a, I had the opportunity once to send a, stand up in front of a group of college students and talk about creativity. And somehow we got on the subject of the brain. And I said, and we were talking about that, that voice in your head. You know, the voice that says, what voice in my head? I don't talk to myself. Yeah. The voice in your head is not you. You are not your mind. You want to see the top of somebody's head just explode 
you know, I had a couple of 19, 20 year old kids in that class. Like, what, what, what do you mean? Yeah. If, if that's not me, who am I? Like, well, if that's you, who's listening to the voice? <laughs> are you the voice or are you the listener? So that voice that's telling you stories about yourself, it's not you. And the tools, and there's lots of them. I have some that I use. There's tons of them. There's tons of ways to do this. But being able to separate yourself from that voice and hear that voice for what it is um, is super important because it's that voice that oftentimes gets in the way. Right. Because there's that other voice we have. And I was trying to explain this to my eight-year-old yesterday. How'd that go? <laughs> and he, he was great. I said, you know that voice that really tells you what's right or wrong? And he said, you mean like your conscience? And I said, okay. He said, like Jiminy Cricket. I said, yeah like Jiminy Cricket, like your Jiminy Cricket voice. That's the one you want to be able to listen to. Not the other one, the mm -hmm. loud one, the one that makes you experience anxiety and stress, the one that tells you the sky is falling, or the one that tells you, no, everything's fine when the sky is falling. You know, whatever it happens to be, whatever your stories are, um, they're just that. It's this unabridged, uh, untethered storyteller in your brain that's just yapping. And you don't have to listen to it. It doesn't even have to stop yapping because yeah. it's almost impossible to get it to stop yapping. But you don't have to listen to it because that voice isn't you. We just got real metaphysical there. I know. Well, I want, I like, I purposefully let that sit for a minute because I, once you have that concept, it's like, I, that makes nothing but sense, but you have to keep reminding yourself of it. But like huh. you said, when you first, when you first hear of that concept, it's like, of course it's me. Who else would it be? I'm like, well, then what you said to me was, then why are you having a conversation with it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a lot going on up here for everybody all the time, and it can be hard to sort out. Um, but when you can keep returning to a place that isn't full of those old stories and conversations about you, that's full of your failures and full of what you're afraid people think about you and all of that stuff, when you can separate from that, even for a short period of time, you get space to create something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this all ties back into getting out of your own way, right? Um, and it's something that never stops. It's, it's work that you have to continue to do pretty much forever. Mm -hmm. um, and anyone that you look at who is at some level of success that you admire, I promise you they're doing some version of that work. And they have been for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, my husband and I were just talking about uh, meditation and uh, we're both bringing, we struggled to bring meditation into our lives for years. And now we're both, we realize we need it now more than ever. <laughs> so we're focused on doing it once a day. And we were just talking this morning about uh, bringing it into a twice a day routine, morning and evening. Um, and making sure that we, you know, spend time, we spend as much time in nature as possible, because I think that kind of helps calm and center you, but also by yourself and how, like you said, uh, most of the like, truly, really astoundingly successful people will say that, you know, that the key to their success is retreats or, you know, staring at a wall for an hour a week or <laughs> some sort of grounding and centering of, just stop, just stop what's happening in there and let the, the natural calm voice come in. And sometimes it's in those stop trying moments 
that everything comes through. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, you and I have had that conversation recently. Um, like I just gave up and stopped trying so hard. And then all of a sudden went, Oh, look at all these opportunities. Yeah. We really, um, and I, we all do this. I catch myself doing it. Uh, we strive really hard. You know, you have some goal you want to meet. You have some uh, intention you want to fulfill upon. You have some something you want to achieve. And you just start striving for it. And by striving, I mean um, pulling it, pull, trying to pull it towards you, trying to dig it out, trying to make it happen, build it up, do the thing. And really, it just makes you tired. Mm. You know, it just makes you tired. And you might get there. Some people are great at that. Um, I don't know that I've ever been really good at it. I think it makes me tired before I achieve the result and then I just get lost or I give up or I stop. I don't want to do it anymore because it kind of, it's not fun. Mm -hmm. um, being able to let go, mm -hmm. to become maybe a little unattached mm -hmm. to whatever the outcome is right. and just enjoy taking the actions, taking whatever the next step is all of a sudden you find at the end of the day that you've probably achieved what you were looking for. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I opened a recording studio one time in South Austin and I moved a bunch of boxes from my house in there and I found a stack of notebooks and I pulled, pulled them out and was looking through them, trying to see if there was any empty space, you know, where they all finished or what have you. And I saw a page where I'd written down uh, a set of goals at the beginning of some year that I wanted to achieve. And the notebook was at least a year and a half or two years old or something. And as I read through these, I realized that I had achieved everything on the list, mm -hmm. but none of it looked anything like I thought it would. Mm -hmm. If you had asked me back then, would it look like this? I wouldn't have even been able to conceive of it. Right. So oftentimes the details that we have in our mind and that thing we're striving for, it isn't going to end up that way. Mm -hmm. Kind of have to let go and let it show up however it's going to show up. Again, doesn't mean you get to just sit there and meditate and float on a cushion and it'll show up, right? You still have to stay in action and keep working. But there's a difference between doing that and being really attached to it, turning out a particular way by a particular time, you know, because of a particular set of actions. Absolutely. There's two things that I hear in that. Um, one is the concept of painting the picture of what, what you want to happen or how things you, how, where you want to be. And then, allowing the journey to unfold to, right. to get there. But also we, you and I recently talked about this, that the concept of, um, you know, most people are past focused or future focused, like what got me here versus, or where am I going next? And I'm both <laughs> terribly. So, um, and, but because of that, um, I'm, you know, either looking at like with pride, what got me here or pain, or just striving so hard to get to the next thing that when that picture emerges of what I wanted, I don't take the time to say, holy shit, <laughs> look what I did. I right. go, what's next? Right. You know, and it may be 10 years from now that I go, oh, shit, I did all that stuff. That's cool, but what's next? Or, or what is everybody else doing that I am, am not doing yet still? Right. There's you know, yeah. always some other thing. Yeah, so I, what I hear you saying is that there's two things going on there. One is we don't stop mm -hmm. and actually acknowledge where we are. You know, we're always looking at what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next, right? And it really is important to regularly stop mm -hmm. and really look at where you are and what you have. Yeah. I'll come back to that in a minute because you started with being past or present or past or future focused, which means you're not in the present. Mm -hmm. 
And I have this conversation with everybody. I've had it with you. There is no past. Past doesn't exist. There's just your stories about events that happened. And your stories are not necessarily factual. They're not necessarily the truth. They're your version. Mm -hmm. Somebody else may have a totally different version of that event. You know, think about it. You know, you go to an event, you could go to a concert, sit next to somebody and you think it was great and they thought it was awful. Mm -hmm. I've seen movies with people where they're like, that sucked. And I'm like, I liked it. Yeah. Who's right? Whose version is actually true? Both, neither, I don't know. It doesn't matter. All of that's gone. It doesn't exist. Future hasn't happened yet. That doesn't exist either. The only time there is, is now. And when you spend all that time in your brain thinking about the future or the past, you're actually missing your life as it's happening right now. Because mm -hmm. right now is the only time your life is happening. Doesn't mean you can't plan for the future. It doesn't mean you can't think for a minute about what you have to do next, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't want to stay there. You don't want to live out there. And people do. I've done it. You know, I will get lost if I'm not careful. If I don't pay attention, I will get lost in thinking about the future and trying to figure out how I'm going to get from where I am now to where I think I might want to be next. And there's no, I can't figure that out. It's impossible. And even if I do, I won't come up with the, with the most efficient journey. Right. right? Yeah. And mostly I can't answer that question and that's just anxiety producing. Uh, I promise you, anybody right now who's listening to this, who's experiencing anxiety, it's because they're thinking about the future. And there's too many questions they can't answer, especially right now. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen with this virus? What's going to happen in politics? What's going to happen in the world? What's going to happen with all the racial division and all of the stuff that's going on right now? You can't answer any of those questions. It's, in, it's anxiety producing. Thing is, you've never been able to answer any of those questions. Right. You can't do it. It's not possible. What you can do is look at right now. What can I do right now? Mm -hmm. You know, I know there's a lot of people that are worried about uh, how to help, how to make a difference. How, what can I do? How can I change things? How can I do whatever? Well, again, you can't answer those big questions. All you can do is look right now and say, okay, what can I do right now? Mm -hmm. What is one action I can take right now, no matter how small? And, and it all kind of comes back to that. It doesn't mean you can't plan. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, with a business, you have to plan sometimes, right? Um, but in the day-to-day, where you want to keep coming back to is now, is the present moment, this moment, right now. And in this moment, right now, it's easy to be present to all that you have and all that you've accomplished. We spend a lot of time thinking about all the stuff we haven't done, thinking about the to-do list that never gets checked off, thinking about the money we haven't made, thinking about, you know, uh, the vacation we haven't taken, thinking about the revenue we haven't produced in our business, or whatever it is. But when you get in the present moment, you can actually experience this wonderful thing called gratitude mm -hmm. for what you already have, for what you've already created, for the ground you've already taken. And that's a, a really powerful place to be. Yeah, I hear a couple of things in that. Um, one is, uh, you know, several times we've been having conversations. You go, okay, wait a second. Did you just hear what you said? Like you, you accomplished this thing. Let's sit and be grateful for that for a minute. Let's acknowledge, you know, what's what's been done. And 
um, you know, when did you think you were going to accomplish that from that? You thought that was going to be a year from now. Like, let's stop and just, you know, you may not have done all these other things, but wow, this, this one good thing is, you know, really um, worth pausing and finding gratitude. And, and then the concept of setting aside time and effort to be grounded in gratitude and not like, Hey, thanks for giving me a beer or whatever, (laughs) but like really own it and feel it and look around and say, you know, no matter where you are, like you have, you have a life or you have whatever it is that you have in being grounded in that, that gratitude and how that can really change the lens. The other thing um, is the concept of the, the small steps. You know, one of the things that I put out there, um, in, um, in talking about or advertising that we were going to have this conversation is the concept of transformational change. And I think that when people overall have their, a concept of transformational change, they think of, you know, the car is going to transform into a robot. It's going to look completely different and it's going to be fast and it's going to be predefined and it's going to be magical. It doesn't always look that way. In fact, it most of the time doesn't, <laughs> right? Yeah. So transformation, I believe, is a two-part process. There is an aha involved in transformation, and that's the exciting part. There's a, there's a change of paradigm. There's a change of viewpoint, mm-hmm. right, where the lens that you're looking at the world through suddenly changes and it all looks different. Wow, I never saw it like that. Then there's actually making that change stick, Mm. making that change a part of your everyday experience. I say that happens in small, consistent actions over time. Mm taking small, consistent actions over time actually produces lasting change. Mm -hmm. So what we've talked about meditation. This is a perfect example for meditation. Um, People might think, well, to get the benefit, I need to go on a meditation retreat, go get myself locked away, and meditate all day long. And then when I come back, I'll be transformed. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not how it works. You, you're much better suited to just start meditating for five minutes every day, mm-hmm. which you will not be able to do. Right. You'll do it, and then you'll stop, and then you'll remember, and hopefully you'll start again. And then one day, you'll notice that everything's different that you actually have taken something and not only made it a part of your experience, but you've shifted the way that you look at the world and the way that you look at yourself. And it happens over time. Mm -hmm. You can have this big viewpoint shift. I've had a bunch of them. But the way you make that stick is by changing the small actions that come out of that shift over time otherwise it's like um there's a very typical story in corporate training and uh corporate uh, uh, you know big events where they come in sales training this happens a lot or big sort of rah-rah corporate events they'll come in and they'll do it and everybody's jazz and they learn something new and it's cool and three months later everybody on that team's doing things exactly the way they were before It made no difference at all because just the viewpoint change, just the paradigm shift doesn't last. You you start doing the same old actions and you go back to looking at things the same old way. It's only by coupling that viewpoint with a new set of actions, small ones, not big ones. We can't do that. We're not human beings can't do that. Small ones that don't take a lot of time, that don't interrupt a lot of life over time, over and over again. And that's the other thing that having a coach can be really great for, is having that accountability. Mm 
And I don't care who that is. That can be an accountability partner. It could be an actual coach. Whoever can actually hold you accountable besides mm -hmm. you. Right. You know, when you look at even um, sports coaches, you know, someone who's an Olympic coach, they can't do the work for the athlete. The athlete has to do the work. They hold the athlete accountable and they see things that the athlete can't see. You know, I was a competitive swimmer as a kid. So the goal is to go faster, right? I can't see myself swimming. The coach can see it and say, hey, you're throwing your arm out way too far. Do this instead. Mm -hmm. right? um, football teams, they watch films yeah. so they can see themselves because they can't see it when they're doing it. Having a coach uh, in your business allows someone to see from the outside what's happening that you can't see. Um, and talk you through a process that's not inside your head. Exactly right. Yeah. And I, and I don't care who it is. I'm not the coach for everybody. Right. I've been at networking events where there's six different coaches. And I'll stand there and say, hey, listen, talk to all six of us. Find the one that resonates with you, that feels like a fit, that feels like somebody you might want to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And use that person to mm -hmm. see if that works. And if that doesn't work, go get another one. Yeah, I mean, I thought when I um, signed up to, well, I thought when I decided that I was going to get a coach that I wanted someone to like kick my ass, like to just hold me accountable. And then the first thing you told me to do was to make time for myself to like take an hour a day for an entire week. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to do that. Like, yeah. I'm going to do more things. I can accomplish that. <laughs> Take time for myself? What? <laughs> Why would I do that? But, um, yeah, but then I realized that's the coach that I need. And you, I mean, you knew that and you, you feel it out each week, you know, sure. do I need to be told to do more things or in, not in those terms, but you know, like, what's your goal? How are we going to get there? Or do well, we you asked about process and that, and that's really part of it. I mean, look, I, like I said, I start everybody in the same place, right? We got to get on the same page. We got to try to find out what are the things that are getting in your way that we can quickly identify and, you know, get some space around that. After that, it's just about where you are today and where you're and where you want to get to. Mm -hmm. uh, after, at, a, at a certain point, uh, you're generating what you need from me, not the yeah. other way around, right? Right. I'm not, I'm not doing coaching on you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, it's not a class that you're taking, right? That you have, that there's going to be a quiz at the end. Yeah. And where are you? And yeah. where do you want to get to? And what do we need to do to get you there? Yeah, I found that really interesting that, you know, every week there's some bit of homework and then we come the next week and the, it, the, we don't start with, did you do your homework? Let's grade it. It's where right. are you now? What do we need to discuss? And then once we get through that, it's like, what about that homework we talked about? <laughs> or let's not even talk about that because we're not ready for that. You have something totally different that we need right. to do. <laughs> it makes no difference, right. Yeah. 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 And, and again, that's all about um, actually being in the moment of what do you need? You know, mm -hmm. what do you need? Yeah, absolutely. And most of us don't with or without a coach, give ourselves that time. Especially yeah. if you're a parent or if you're taking care of elderly loved ones or, you know, you have, you know, I find it really, really interesting right now with COVID um, that some, I've found myself still insanely busy and it's, you know, it's because of who I am. You know, some of the first conversations you and I had were about my concept of, well, I don't, I don't know if I have time to give you a call <laughs> because I'm so busy. Um, but even still, you know, we're home. There's not social occasions for me to be out and about on, but still my day is completely full yeah. of work or kids or, or whatever. And then there are those who are at home going, 
this day looks like yesterday and the day before and it's <laughs> what do I do and we're all lost in this kind of um what would it be like just amplification of what we were before <laughs> yeah you know and we're like you said we're blaming it on COVID or we're blaming it on whatever um but but really it's just an intensification of what we had going on before because we're still in here right and you can either look at that as a problem or an opportunity right and i've had this conversation more times uh than i imagined i would uh with not only with clients but with myself mm -hmm. uh you know we can look at all this as a problem or an opportunity um, it can be either one and it's always both it's your choice uh, the things that we're stuck with about ourselves we have a glorious opportunity and plenty of time and space to actually work on that to yeah. do things a different way to take ourselves on in a way we haven't before um, it, it's pretty great really if you want to look at it that way uh, yeah you know i'm i'm doing something that i said i wouldn't do because i have to you know uh, one of the things you know i think everybody listening knows that you're in the marketing business right and and i think i probably said to you some version of you know i am a jaded i'm totally jaded about marketing i don't do online i'm not going to have anything to do with that you know, that's my, that's been my story for a long time because yeah. I, I've done it <laughs> and I didn't really like it. And, uh, and there's a lot of pitfalls around it, right? Well, guess what? Here Pandemic, <laughs> can't go out in the world, can't go, you know, find people to coach. So I had to let it go. I had to, I had to just let that go and say, great, I'm going to put my business online again. I can reach more people. I can help more people. This isn't what I did before. I don't have to bring all my stories about how sucky that was. I can just do it, do it fresh, do it new, deal with myself about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And hopefully help a bunch more people. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen that you have, you're offering, uh, Know, classes and courses and you're doing this lunch and learn thing and um, I think that's one thing that I've uh, found about marketing and about people in general but I see it in marketing all the time I'm like oh no we put an ad in the paper for Thanksgiving like 10 years ago and we didn't get any extra people so we don't we're not doing that, that anymore <laughs> yeah. you know there's a whole new generation of people out there and ads are different and you know yeah so yeah. the concept of i did that once i'm never going to do it again the other thing is um like you said there's this opportunity to look at what's necessary what version of it do you want to do so like we were talking earlier about not just business but my story of i don't need me time i'm an extrovert i get my energy from being around people well, it turns out not the same three people for six months. <laughs> Just turned out I noticed that. <laughs> so, um, like, you know, my husband and I were talking, I had like some hours to myself and he came home and he's like, what happened? I'm like, ah. <laughs> you know, like the birds are chirping. Yeah. And you, he's like, you left. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. With the, that was amazing. And so um, it, we're making the time and space and line item in our budget for me to rent a room and an Airbnb. Like we found a $79 a night. You know, it doesn't have to be any fancy, crazy place, but um, to just go and be. And part of it is, you know, with having a business, I can't think strategically when I'm like, you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Okay. You want, oh, chip now, uh, fruit? No, oh, we don't have any, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's my five and 10 year plan survive, but, um, you know, anyway, so the, the concept of listening and I think meditation has helped with that and all the other tools of Holoponopono and you know, all the other t tools have allowed me to listen 
and realize what I do need, right. not just for trajectory, which is what I always thought, you know, is what I needed, but self and being. Right. And in order so to you want your you know, business to succeed, but wouldn't it be fun if you could thrive at the same time? What a novel concept. Yeah. I just got off the phone with a client. He's been, he's had a super busy summer. He's just been killing it and he's going to take 10 days off and he would normally uh, go on an actual vacation, go somewhere, you know, that has become a little more challenging. Uh, there may be some of that in there, but it's very uncertain. And I just said, look, I don't, it doesn't matter if you go anywhere, just don't go to work. Yeah. You know, don't go in that office. Set an intention, you know, about your vacation and what you want to get for yourself out of it. And just do the things that line up with that. Yeah. Whether you can travel or you can't, doesn't matter. Just take the time. Yeah. Go on more walks, sit outside right. on your deck, whatever opportunity. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. That you enjoy. Yeah. Play video games for 10 hours if that's what you, you know, if that's where you. That will give you a recharge and a restore, then do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So knowing that you're a musician and, um, you know, sometimes that, that can be work, you know, like sometimes I, I happen to live with a musician. So I know it feels like, you know, he changed his instrument so that he he wouldn't have to pack up his drums. <laughs> you know, he learned bass so that it would be easier to get himself out of the house and be happy about it. Once he's there though, that's his happy place. Right. So now that you're um, one of your happy places, you know, being on stage is kind of stripped from you. Tell me how you're, what, what, how you're dealing with that, what it feels like and what you yeah. might be doing to overcome um, So, Again, it's all about the pivot, right? Uh, and, I, and I'm of two minds about this. Uh, this is going to sound strange. I mean, if I could go play a gig tomorrow, I probably would, safely, that is. Um, but I'm not in a hurry. Uh, I personally, have, I've spent the last 15 years uh, pushing pretty hard with uh, traveling and playing. Um, so I don't mind the break mm -hmm. from that. Uh, and I've just turned my attention to uh, recording music and releasing music in a different way. And uh, again, since I'm online anyway now, uh, using those same tools to build that side of my business mm -hmm. uh, in a way that's going to help me down the road. Yeah. Um, and it's been fun. I've actually collaborated uh, you know, distantly with musician friends of mine that we've never done that before. And it's yeah. been fun. It's great. Uh, so again, it's either a problem or an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm always trying to find the opportunity in it. That's awesome. I think finding the opportunity and then also one of the things you said to me was, you know, constantly asking yourself in, in, in this time, but, but always, how can I help or how can I, you know, find opportunity to grow um, and not necessarily looking at it as how is it going to pay off immediately? And so, like you said, you're doing these things, you're, you know, collaborating, you're recording, you're whatever. Sometimes it works out better when you say, I'm going to record this thing because it's fun and I love it, not because I need to put out a record so that I can promote something while I'm on the road so that we can sell more t-shirts. <laughs> you know, you don't have all these reasons to do it. Now you're back to that passion again. Like this, I'm doing this because I love it. Hopefully it'll bring something in the future, but if not, I love it anyway. Um, and to some extent I've tried to adopt that around, um, everything I do, but particularly music mm. for a long time. Because uh, when it starts to get, when it starts to become too much of in order to, mm. you know, put mm. out a record in order to make money or promote this or do that, uh, the fun gets sucked right out of it. Or 
you know, played shows in order to get this or get that or do, I don't care. There's only one reason for me to play music and that's to play music. Um, it doesn't mean that you don't have to pay me, you know, uh, but that's not my primary motivation. Mm -hmm. It's the same with coaching, you know, no, I don't do it for free, you know, but uh, I don't do it for money either. Mm -hmm. If you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another the only purpose. Yeah. Um, so I just realized we've been talking right at an hour, but I have one last question. Uh, and that is, what thoughts or advice do you have for someone who is looking to pursue a new passion that they hadn't, that they, they hadn't pursued in that way before? Like now they're looking at it as a career opportunity or a business, like you said, turning their, their passion into a business. Get a coach. Yeah. I don't care who it is, get a coach. Mm -hmm. Don't do it by yourself. Get a coach, get a partner, get a mentor, get something. Don't do it by yourself. That's the first thing, you know. Uh, the other thing is, is make sure it's something you really want to do and not something you feel like you have to do or it's the only way or it um, is... Um, expected. Yeah, expected or it seems like an easy way to make money, you know, mm -hmm. or anything like that. Make sure it's, that the doing of it is actually a way you want to spend your time. Mm -hmm. And that's really great advice. Yeah. So in closing, what else would you like to share? I know you have some different opportunities for people to engage and learn um, on your, your Facebook channel I do. Um, group. And I do. So I have a free, uh, course that I'm giving away uh, right now. Um, it's uh, it's sort of the basics of the behavior change and mindset work that I do with my clients. Uh, and it's free. All you got to do is uh, give me your email address. Uh, and hopefully then sign up. I have a private group on Facebook called Small Business Rockstars. Um, ultimately, I'm going to move all my lunch and learns uh, into that group. For right now, you'll still be able to see those just right on my business page, which is Artist Mind. Um, so I, I believe on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Artist Mind Solutions. Um, it's easy to find or just find me and, you know, you'll be able to find it. So follow that, like my page, join the group, uh, get the free course. I think those are all the first things to do. There's other ways that anybody can work with me and you can usually find those uh, pretty easily, uh, whether that's you wanna look into one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, you know, I have a monthly uh, sort of membership group too that, uh, that I think it's important for people to hear other business owners and what they're mm -hmm. doing. So mm -hmm. being able to share experiences, talk through issues, with a larger group of people who are probably all dealing with the same things, yeah. uh, you know, can be really helpful as well. So, um, yeah, I would say just if you want to know more or you want to find other ways to work with me, just go to Facebook, go to my Facebook page, go from there, you know. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I know you have a lot going on right now. So I commend you for jumping into that digital world. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, You're doing a great it's job. Not so, it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it, and especially now it's kind of fun because it's a, a, a new and another way to interact, right? It is. It is. Yeah. And something that, uh, you know, I've sort of lost my other ways to do that. So it's mm -hmm. good. It's good. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bill. Is there anything else that you want to share? No, I don't think so. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, I just want to say one, a uh, couple of last things. One, um, if this is your first time to um, be introduced to Bill Small, like it, you can follow him on um, Artist Mind Solution. Uh, but there's he also has LinkedIn and uh, put some stuff out there. There's always good information. Um, and if you follow his uh, his pages, you may end up having an opportunity to see him play his music, which is phenomenal and fabulous. Um, Thank you. So that's not his only talent coaching. Uh, and uh, yeah, and in the meantime, enjoy the day and live with passion.
Hey, so what did you think of MVP Business? If you liked it, please subscribe and tell all your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you didn't like it, don't just leave. Let me know what I can do to improve who you'd like to hear from and what you'd like to learn. The mission of MVP Business is to share the strengths and struggles of leaders who have successfully grown their businesses while staying true to their mission and vision so that other entrepreneurs can follow, knowing that the path isn't easy, but the journey's worth it. If you believe in this mission, please help by living it and sharing it. In the meantime, enjoy the day and live with passion.